This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. It's Seafair Weekend, and this could be a history-making weekend for hydroplane driver Brent Hall as he is on the cusp of becoming the first African-American to qualify as an unlimited hydroplane driver. And what we're going to talk about Seafair, hydroplane racing, and other things related to Seafair is Brent Hall. Good morning, Brent. Chris, what's going on, man? Good to hear your voice. Likewise. Uh, Brent, you are a native of Seattle and know what Seafair means to the region, but certainly uh, as a person who's able to participate in the biggest Seafair event, uh, you must really, uh, it really must mean a lot to you and your family. Oh, it does. And, you know, just even reflecting today, I was just on a conference call with uh, people that I work with at Premier Blue Cross, and I was getting shout outs and all kinds of love from people. And, you know, I just, didn't realize the magnitude and, you know, the number of um, thanks and uh, good lucks and all those things. You, you have no idea how much that means. So, and I appreciate you reaching out, too. Right. Well, uh, Brent, when it comes to hydroplane racing, many of us who are from Seattle know some of these names. Bill Muncie, Dean Chinowith, Chip Hanauer, and others. But we also know, and if they don't know, they should look him up, the name of Harold Mills, uh, the driver of the Fast Freddy, uh, and a pioneering hydroplane driver from Seattle himself. Yeah, so Harold Mills, he's my mentor. And uh, so I'm really proud to uh, know him and be able to call him for advice whenever I need it. And you're right, um, history-making. And I think back on Harold's career, I mean, he started out in a very competitive time where people were eliminated. There were 30 boats that would come to an event, and he had to make it to the final. So he fought his way through and became a, a national champion, raced in the unlimited light class, and I was on his crew in 2005. So honored to be part of that crew, and then I watched him get a, a third trophy at Seafair in the unlimited light class and I thought wow maybe I'll be his marketing person someday never really thought about driving one and then he retired so I was like mm, all right well maybe I gotta I gotta think think about what I'm gonna do here and then I asked for his guidance and support and in 2005 actually 2007 I got in a boat myself and took some laps we did a fundraiser for friends of the children and raised five four thousand dollars there and man the rest is history Right. And, and Brent, for our listening audience, just for, I guess, educational purposes or information, uh, sure. can you describe, um, because I know you started off in some of the uh, the lower, um, for lack of a better term, the lower uh, level boats, some of the limited yep. uh, boats, and we can talk about that a little more in a second, but can you describe the difference between um, being like an unlimited uh, driver who drove uh, quite often with the unlimited lights as opposed to the yep. unlimited um, category that you were looking to qualify for this weekend? 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can go back through the history and just letting people know that many people in the sport start out in what's called the junior class or J class. And that you can race at nine years old with the Seattle Outboard Association here locally. And that's something my son does. I think we'll talk about that here in a little bit. And then after you've, you can either work your way up in the outboards and there's lots of bigger classes there all the way up to adults. And then there's what's called the inboard or the limited class. And so those are the ones you're talking about. And the class that I started with in 2011, I bought my first boat, and that was uh, two and a half stock. And so to put it in perspective, that's a Ford, Pent uh, Ford Ranger motor, about 2.3 liter, and pushes that boat maybe 95 to 105, depending on the boat. And uh, got some good laps there. I was uh, third in the region, seventh in the nation. But I just knew that boat wasn't going to carry me any further, so I thought about what was next. And then my next opportunity was to get some test laps in an unlimited light, and that was Vinny Zadaro's 929. And um, it was very cool to see the power difference. That's a, a big block V8, and um, that one's nat naturally aspirated versus the blown Grand Prix. But that's the same size class, and Harold had ra raced against Vinny several times, and uh, they had some great duels. So to get a chance to test drive that was amazing. And then, you know, my goal after starting to drive was obviously to work my way up to an unlimited, which is the, the top class. And that is uh, a boat that's powered by a helicopter engine um, anywhere from 1,800 to almost 3,000 horsepower. And, you know, they can go upwards of 190 miles an hour. And so, so far in my rookie season, I've gone 176, and, uh, you know, the boat that I'm in is a little bit lighter. It's 4,400 pounds versus 65. The horsepower on this one's, you know, more towards that 1,800 to 2,000 range, but, you know, still able to push. And, you know, learning and growing in that boat, want to get qualified. And then, obviously, as a team, we'd love to kind of raise funds in the community and bring on new sponsors so we can buy a bigger boat with bigger gearboxes and motors and and go uh, swing with the big boys. So mm -hmm. that's, that's the goal. Right. And, and Brent, you've had a tremendous career um, so far. Some would say that you got started late in life compared to some of these people who are mm -hmm. driving boats because they start, like you said, nine, ten years old and things of nature. But you certainly held your own. Um, but more importantly for this conversation, uh, because you are currently – a few laps away from qualifying as an unlimited hydroplane driver. You know, you're on the, the unlimited circuit this year as a rookie, but you're um, it's a level that you, of qualifications for you to be on that level uh, for sure. Uh, and it's possible that we could see history that has this weekend has nothing to do with the Home Street Bank Cup or the Gold Cup this weekend, but it would be history-making uh, for Brent Hall if he's able to complete uh, a few laps this weekend, correct? That's right. And I can explain the, the qualification piece. So you're, I'm, my focus is getting qualified on becoming a fully qualified unlimited hydroplane driver. And what that means is that I've completed 15 laps total. Uh, 10 of those need to be at 130 miles per hour or better average. And so right now I'm at 10 laps total and six of those have been at 130 miles an hour or greater. So I just need five more laps and it's uh, four that are over 130, one that's not. And we've been having some challenges with our gearbox. And I was just at the shop last night. Boy, we're, 
doing everything we can to put the gearbox back together and make sure that we're ready for Seafair and then give it one more whirl. And, you know, I think we're going to try some different strategies. We may take it out once, um, give it a good shakedown, then bring it back in and see if there's anything going on. And then we have telemetry that tells me the temperature, and that's what helped save uh, more damage on the gearbox this time was that I noticed the temperature rising really quick. Like all of a sudden it went from 120 to 140 to 160, 180, 220, 225, and then 250, 280. And obviously anything over 250 is where, you know, we want to try and shut it down. So I was already starting to shut it down at 250, but it really spiked after I shut it down. I think it got as hot as 312 and then quickly came back down to 165. So those are all the things that people don't know you're thinking about in the boat. You've got gauges that are in front of you that you need to watch and make sure even when you're going 176 miles an hour uh, you have a front wing that controls the the airflow under the boat and really keeps the attitude of the boat correct and I know many of you probably watched on YouTube or in the past ESPN and the blowover you know that all of those things we're thinking of as drivers how do you keep this boat flying across the water uh, with as little drag as possible without blowing over and so that's that's part of the uh, the skill, but the other the other part of the skill is just the strategy, and we can talk about that too. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and Brent, we're, I'm getting a lesson myself this morning because a lot of people don't realize yeah. all that 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 goes into driving a, a, a unlimited hydroplane. You know, we think about driving cars and going fast and say, okay, it's just somebody who you know they get they're just in a boat and they're just driving fast and can go you know up, you know around 170, 180, maybe close to 200 miles an hour, and you know we don't think much about it. But there's a lot of uh, stuff that uh, mental um, stability and toughness and, and physical strength and attributes and and reflexes that go into being a, a, a hydroplane driver on this level. Yeah, boy, you, you aren't kidding. And so I would reflect back. So Tri-Cities, eh, you know, it wasn't as hot as it has been in past years, probably in the 90s, but in the cockpit, probably 110. And when it's hotter than that, it gets up to 120. So definitely, you know, you're maintaining your mental focus and, you know, sweating in the heat. So that's that's one thing. And then definitely when you think about the, the steering of this boat, we had some kids sit in and I said, hey, try and try and turn it. And they're like, oh, my gosh, this is hard um, because there's no power steering. You know, you're you're turning and I'm turning a 4,400 pound boat. Others might be turning boats that are you know heavier than that. But you're having to turn that now. With the water force, it's a little easier than when you're doing it on the trailer. But still, just uh, feeling how much pressure you have to put on it to get it to come around. And then also, you have to move the steering wheel back to go straight. And so those are the things that you just don't know anything about until you actually have sat in one or gotten close to one. And, and definitely after driving one, for sure. Right. Now, Brent, you are an ambassador of the sport and really trying to expose a different set of people to the sport and encourage young kids to think about hydroplane racing. And I know uh, one person that you have inspired is your son, who is if yeah. his current directory remains the same or even improves, uh, you know, uh, he could possibly be a teammate or a competitor or some type or have some type of relationship with you uh, related to this sport. Uh, I, man, I, I love that you said that. And I'll tell you the truth about Brent. He is a true competitor, and uh, he gives Dad no love. He's like, mm, you kind of missed your start there, Dad. You know, so he's definitely one that is technical about boat racing and watching the sport and really looks at, all right, what are the things that I need to improve? And I'm, I'm proud of him for that. He jumped in, and he's racing with kids that have been 
doing it much longer than him and is, is very competitive. He had a couple heat wins in the demonstration last year at T-Fair. I know he's excited to get back out there again. He started racing when he was 10. He's 12 now. And so teaching him the racing side of it this early, think about where he's going to be. If he started as a rookie at 10 and I started as a rookie at 36, his muscle memory when he gets to, to the unlimiteds, if he wants to go that route, he'll be so much farther ahead than his dad. So I'm proud of that. He knows that too. And so he likes to tease me a bit, but you know, at some point we may get a chance to race when he's 14. There's a class that's called F 500 tunnel holes. And that's a class that I race. And if he wants to do that, we can race those together. Or there's some of those limited classes as well that we talked about that we could do too. But as soon as 14, he might be able to race against dad and I know he's coming for me. So I got to watch out. Nothing like a good win by dad to say, yeah, you're good, but you still got a little work to do. Yeah. He's been beating (laughs) me on the basketball court lately. So I'm not liking that much. He's about five, six now and got, got a little crossover. So yeah, he's starting to beat me in a few things. Well, and actually that's what parents always want. (laughs) Right. Uh, Brent, uh, the sport of hydroplane racing, for many is a labor of love because there are a few people who appear to make it uh makes appear to make pretty good money in the sport but many of the people who participate in the sport up and down the line from crew members to drivers and everybody else you know sacrifice a lot of their time and personal resources to be part of the sport and entertain the crowds and i think that's part of the sport that most people don't recognize yeah it is important and so want to call out the team that i'm a part of which is bucket list racing and uh started by Kelly and Sharon Stockland. You know, and they really started this on his bucket list dream that he wanted to drive an unlimited. He was 60 years old and still hadn't had an opportunity to drive. And he's like, well, then I'm going to buy my own and I'm going to buy one that I can race on the outside and maybe I won't be as competitive, but I can go out there and get qualified. And that's exactly what he did. And out of that, you know, he's since retired for now. He may jump in again, but, um, you know, he's really built a team that, cares about each other, uh, loves each other. We tease each other on a regular basis, but really work well together. And there's a lot of talent on this team. We have an engine builder, um, an Adam who, you know, makes sure that we have all the horsepower. We have Taylor and Mike who are crew chiefs on the two boats and Nelson, who is our uh, PR person. And then we, we have a whole host of other volunteers and you're right. There is a lot of your summer being given up to go race and you know sometimes it's just hey coming and helping out and definitely the you know the team is taking care of food hotel and that kind of stuff but you're volunteering your time so there's there's a lot that they're giving up to to see us race and man i just need to make sure they know how much i appreciate that how much everyone on the team appreciates that and then definitely the fans too so you'll notice sometimes i'll pull in one of our teammates into an interview because i want them to get the spotlight too i mean i i appreciate you know pumping up the sport but boy we need to know more about these volunteers and really intelligent people that work on our hydroplane right um brent and i know we crammed a lot into a little bit of time and we could talk for like another hour about a lot of this stuff good I, mean, I know you're on a, a tight time schedule and we're on a time constraint as well and we'll have to have you back sometime soon to, uh, you sure. know, maybe later in the season but before i let you go uh, i'm going to ask you to provide us with a couple things to our listening audience uh your name, of course, 
the name and number and color of your boat and how people can follow you uh, outside and beyond Seafair? Because certainly, you know, I want people to be able to recognize you, your name and your boat, especially with you being an African-American man here from Seattle that they can point to during Seafair if they're watching boat races elsewhere and say that's Brent Hall from Seattle, Washington, African-American hydroplane racer, the first African-American male. And I don't want to jinx anything right now. So, you know, we can fill in the blanks based upon the beginning of the conversation. But certainly uh, provide them with information so they can, uh, you know, if they're not already, get on the Brent Hall bandwagon. Uh, I love it. And it gives me a chance to say thanks, too. So first, Brent Hall, driver of the U440, Miss Boytano, Boytano Homes and you know, Jay Boytano built some amazing custom homes here. We also have Gutters by Keith. Uh, Chris Bailey runs Mind Seekers. He's a recruiting company. And then Les Schwab. So we have a whole host of sponsors that um, looks out for the boat. And then when you're looking for us, we're bright Tennessee orange. So hopefully that didn't divide your audience, but that's the color. And uh, you can't miss us out on the, out on the water. Um, really proud to be part of Bucket List Racing. You can find us either on Brent Hall Racing on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, any of those. Uh, you can follow us on Bucket List Racing on Instagram and um, and Facebook. But boy, you know, that's one of the really cool things about the sport today is you can interact with me. Like you can shoot me a note and you'd be surprised. I'll respond back and just say, hey, thanks for the kudos. Thanks for the support. Um, you can ask questions. And boy, just think if we could have done that back in the day with the Bill Muncies and the Dean Chinnips of the world. It, yep. it just... Uh, it's a new world, and I just want to make sure that people know how accessible we are, and we just want to make magic moments for our fans and for our sponsors. All right. Well, Brent, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show. also want to wish you the best of luck uh, this weekend, but also uh, moving forward, uh, both uh, in the hydroplane racing circuit and all your other uh, endeavors that you have going on uh, with you and your family. Hey, thanks, Chris, and same to you and yours, and thanks to all of your listeners. Really appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back with a message from the people to the people.